Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to The Pastor's Study. We live in an age of sexual brokenness. All you need to do is turn on the TV and see people having sex outside of marriage, seeing homosexuality and transgenderism uh, being promoted, lots of abortion in our culture, lots of sexual diseases. Maybe you have been affected, maybe you've committed sexual sins and you're trying to get free from them now. This half hour, we're going to discuss this with a clinical therapist by the name of Dr. Marcus Bachman. Hi, Marcus. Pastor Tom, good to be here. Thank you so much for coming. And before we jump into how, what do we do to get over our sexual brokenness, tell us the story of the day your clinic got invaded by people that didn't like your message. Go ahead. Well, our story actually has a bit of my wife's story. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm married to uh, former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman mm -hmm. from Minnesota, and uh, she took on the uh, at the state senate and then also at the national level um, both pro-life issues and the author of the marriage amendment. And it was at that point. Um, so she, just for national people, that means she was trying to keep gay marriage from becoming the law of the land. Exactly. Okay. Both at the state level and at a national level. Gotcha. Uh, among many other issues that she worked on, mm -hmm. health care and many other right. issues. Uh, but our we have a Christian counseling clinic. That's you. And that's that's my gig. We have uh, two locations. We have 25 therapists. And, wow. And we uh, were just uh, you know recognized among the community. Uh, particularly among the faith-based community as a Christian counseling cl clinic. Now just think about this, Pastor Tom. We, we are pro-life, pro-marriage, and pro-family. And we, we took a very basic, basic stand that marriage is between a man and a woman. Mm -hmm. Oh, you bigot. And what happened? Well, it became highly controversial. You know, I, I want to say first and foremost, a number of people, first of all, about 80% of the people that come to see us come because they, they, they feel safe. They know that they can come and uh, talk about their issues and receive biblical Christian counseling. Mm -hmm. and, and they want that. They're referred by their pastors, by parachurch yep. organizations. So their intention is to have the integration of faith mm -hmm. and a safe place for them to express what their value system is with their faith, yeah. with their Christian beliefs. So, so what, ha so what so happened? This, this, should, this should have been a non-story. Yes, this indeed. should have been, oh, well, they're doing their job. We're, we're doing exactly respecting people, knowing at the same time for those that would maybe disagree or didn't come in for that reason or say, you know, that's not what I want to talk about. Well, we're not going to force anything on that. Right. But what happened was um, the far left decided as my wife was running uh, a presidential can candidate, as a presidential candidate, they decided that we were not uh, going to let, uh, at that time, Bachman and Associates get away with uh, standing up for promoting marriage between a man and a woman. What'd they do? Uh, they did uh, a number of things. They, they, they 
they harassed, they called, they, uh, it was from phone calls from all over the country. It was um, the fact that they were trying to shut us down. They, they uh, wrote uh, news reports about us that were untrue, unfair. Uh, they came to demonstrate at our clinic. Mm -hmm. now, can you imagine this, Tom? They, they actually had a, a cast of people uh, improvising with um, Lady Gaga's song, I Was Born This Way. Yeah. Speakers, costumes. I mean, they'd come on a regular basis Out and in front? perform in front of our clinic All in right. the parking lot. But tell them what they did that I saw on TV here in Minneapolis. The undercover guy. Oh, that was another story. Yes. Yeah, tell us well, that Well, one. they did televise what they were doing, and they walk into our clinic, by the way, with their demonstrators. But then you're right. The, the, the strongest concern, I would say, was an ethics violation of uh, pretending, first of all, to be a client. Who needed help. Who needed help, professing to be a Christian. Uh, I struggle with same-sex attraction. I am uh, in a desire to have this from a faith perspective. And they televised. They filmed it secretly. Several sessions, multiple sessions, until they could find one little segment. And as you and I know, if you took a clip from a conversation out of context, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I have to say, even the even out of context clip, I kept thinking, okay, Where, what, what, what's what, the story? What, what is this uh, yeah. as a story? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the best that they come, could come across with is that we pray the gay away. Yeah, which is, which, which is simplistic. Uh, a line from liberals just tries to make you look dumb. Absolutely. It's ridiculous. I mean, do we pray with our clients? Yes. Yeah. Uh, do, do we force prayer on people? No. Mm -hmm. Do we force anyone to do anything that they don't want or isn't on their agenda? Yeah, no, of no. course you don't. And so here's my question. Uh, there's a group, if, if anybody, I struggle with same-sex attraction, and all over the country now there's a group called RestoredHopeNetwork.com. Go to it and you'll see a map of the United States and there's groups you can go to to get help. So um, we're gonna, they're going to have a conference coming up this year, and already there are going to be protests. You, you, we've heard that they're going to, why is it that they did this to you, do you think? And why is it that they're going to protest at this conference? What's, what's behind all this? Well, you know, the saddest thing about that, uh, Tom, is that there is not a fairness of being able to discuss this matter. Mm -hmm. It is as if, if we have a, differing a opinion. value, a difference of opinion, that has to be shut down. You're a hate-filled bigot. You're ignorant. You just need to believe just and, like we do. And if I can just say the truth, and that is, it would be a a, a, a skewed minority that wouldn't believe this in the conservative movement, mm -hmm. in the Christian biblical uh, uh, churches that wouldn't believe we are loving, caring, yeah. desire for all yeah. people to come yeah. into our doors. Now, do we have a belief about what the Bible says about mm -hmm. marriage? Yes. And, you know, Marcus, uh, we talked about this. I'll say it real quick. I write Facebook articles at pastorstudy.org. There's a group of radical liberal Lutherans, and one of the women wrote an article calling the Holy Spirit evil names. I criticize that, and they, this group, and some of them are pastors and seminarians, have just blistered me with the F word, being ignorant, bigoted, and they're not upset that this woman may be blasphemed the Spirit. They're upset that I refer to call this woman they because she says, I'm not a he or a she, I'm a they. And the anger and the bitterness. 
Yeah. Is, isn't that true? And, and that's exactly what happened to our clinic. You yes. Know? I mean, their desire was to shut us down. And the truth of the matter is we, well, for a while it was a struggle, but then it grew. Yeah. And it grew. But but there is that, that hatred and anger that they have toward us. Yeah. And, and I, I, again, uh, on an intellectual basis, on a scriptural basis, on an emotional basis, I'm willing to talk about this in a fair way with anyone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, but the approach that they often take will be this demonstrating, this calling out, this swearing. It's, and it's almost like, yeah. I mean, we had to train our support staff on how to handle these calls. Yeah. And we'll, we'll do it again if that's necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Part of the cost, because, I, and, and, and Tom, I don't know if it's all right to segue into what the culture believes let's, today. Let's do it. It's like a, the last couple of years, a bulldozer has gone through our culture. Yeah. Where we gotta have transgender bathrooms now in all the elementary schools. And, and we all know, know if, you've got a, if you ever watch the news, what's happened to our culture. As a Christian, what do you do? I mean, you have any advice on people watching this show on what do you do as this bulldozer goes into my family and I got family members yeah. that well, believe like well, that? Well, I think we should back that up. I think, I think we first have to recognize you know, what churches have often done. And, and I'm not here to bash churches. I think there are churches that you know, uh, are doing a tremendous work uh, certain churches have uh, great support networks and you know, uh, Christian counselors and uh, uh, parachurch kind of organizations that are helping, uh, that, are, that are very uh, loving and intelligent mm -hmm. the way they're doing it. Mm -hmm. But I would say that the safest place that churches feel today is don't say anything. Yeah. Just be quiet. And, and actually, uh, some churches will say, well, if we're poked and have to answer the question on what we believe, we would, we'll, we'll answer that because we go back to you know, the pages of our doctrine and we'll, we'll answer that because you know, we can't get the vote yet to switch over or you know, we, we'll never get the vote and they're gonna stay that way but they're gonna be quiet. The culture we live in today is saying, don't raise any attention. And, I, and, 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 I, and I'm thinking, what a sad commentary on the church, yeah. on parachurch organizations, on, on you know, organizations like ours, yeah. which, which really, I should have been in the backdrop. I'm not the church. We're a Christian counseling agency. But you were in the front. And, and, and Marcus, uh, before gay marriage became the national law of the land, mm -hmm. we tried to get conservative pastors in the state of Minnesota to sign on a statement saying we are not for uh, homosexual marriage. Uh, you could only get a few of the conservatives to sign the thing. And then the other half, you've got the liberal churches that are promoting gay marriage. Yes. Put it all together, now we've got gay marriage in the United States. Well, you know, if I can say this, and I want to say this in a sensitive way, for the churches that remain silent, and a congregation then is uneducated, and not raised in biblical truth, well, no wonder we'll be the ones that will be attacked mm -hmm. as a uh, organization, as a Christian counseling agency. That stands they're, for the they're, truth. They're, you know, they're yeah. going to leave the quiet churches alone. Yeah. Yeah. Even if they have a belief somewhere yeah. in there, yeah. even in once in a great while, they may say something. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just a very sad comment. And I'm not... I mean, I, I, I've talked to several pastors, I said, and I said this in a polite way, it's not gonna sound, uh, sound very nice. I, I've said to several pastors, pastors, if you did the job that you need to do, 
then I wouldn't have such a tough job of exactly my Exactly right. Exactly. And the pastors that do stand up, because I've felt it, yes. you do stand up, you are a hate-filled bigot no matter how. I mean, Marcus, everybody, no matter the, what their sexual struggle, of course we want them to come to church. Yes. But for their sake, out of love for them, we don't tell them their sin's okay. First That's Corinthians right. 6, all these fornicators, idolaters, homosexuals, will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I remember an old pastor saying, we're nicing people right into hell yes. by telling them to go yes. ahead. And can you imagine a person who is struggling among many sexual uh, arenas, but let's just say same-sex attraction. Uh -huh. Someone who's struggling with same-sex attraction, who is a believer, who wants to be able to talk about this, yeah, yeah. just talk about this. Yeah. We would be criticized yeah. as a counseling agency yeah. for allowing someone to have what what they want to talk about. L listen, I mean, Mar is this not yeah. gone to the extreme? Uh, and Marcus. I have same-sex attraction, and I believe 100% the behavior is a sin. And that so threatens people, you should read some of my emails. Mamma mia. And I, my, yes, we have to be humble about this and loving about this. My belief is you can be as humble as pie and loving as pie and still have people hate you because you won't bend. That's right. Exactly. Well, Marcus, there's pe let's say there's somebody watching this show and she knows it's a sin to have sex outside of marriage. She's heterosexual, but she keeps ending up fornicating or whatever. Yeah. Or there's somebody watching this that got a homosexual lifestyle or whatever. What kinds of things do you do to help get people over sexual brokenness? What do you talk to them about? Do you ever see success? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Again, I think it's good to uh, clarify that people may have the temptation. Mm -hmm. They may have the temptation for the rest of their lives. Yep. So that doesn't necessarily mean that we don't have success. That's right. Or that they don't have success. We're I never promised say. freedom from Absolutely. temptation. Absolutely. And that, doesn't, that, that, that makes no difference whether it is a man uh, lusting after another woman or mm -hmm. a woman lusting after another man or same sex. It, it really doesn't, that doesn't uh, necessarily vary for us to not have the temptation because yep. the enemy is here you know, I, I will say this, that uh, we are creatures of a, uh, we're, we're human, and the humanness in us uh, tends that way. Mm -hmm. But I will say this, that um, uh, there are a number of people that once they actually, I, I, see, I, I really believe that things kept under darkness. When you don't talk about the it. The enemy loves that approach. Yeah. You gotta and, talk to somebody. And about once it. we get it into the light, yeah. well, well, first of all, that just is empowering. Mm -hmm. That is, and, and to speak to someone who is um, truly empathetic, sincere, caring about your story, yeah. that makes a world of difference yeah. to begin with. Yeah, and so that's what you do. That's your life. That is. That and, is. And you know, if somebody can't afford a psychologist, you know what I tell them. Find a prayer partner. That's right. You meet with them once a week. That's right. You tell them your sins. You pray for each other. That'll put a dent into it without having to pay some big expensive therapy. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> now, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I to, we do have a sliding piece. Let's scale, go so. back. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. All, no, all right. No. So, uh, so let's just say somebody has sexual brokenness. I'm just curious. I, I know you can't do this in a nutshell, but in a nutshell, yeah. how do you counsel people out of stuff like that? What do you do? Well, you know, I believe that it is... Um, you know, val uh, lining them up with their values. First of all, you know, I have a number of people that I've seen that, you know, uh, first of all, proclaim that they have a faith uh, that are Christian. Mm -hmm. 
Um, some that will clearly say, I accepted Christ as my savior, or you know, a, a very clear cut story. But then when we start unraveling the pages, Tom, yeah. it's as if there is a disconnect. It's as if that was something that they did and they no longer have a strong value system So they've kind today. of left it a little bit. They anyway. either have left it or somehow, which I, I've always personally had a hard time understanding this, uh, it's, it's like that's for Sunday oh, or Saturday yeah. night. Yeah. And yeah. the rest of the week, I have I, to do what I have to do. Yeah. And, and there's not a, um, a lordship or a, a discipleship. And, and so part of what you know, I talk to people about is uh, integrating what they once believed or they really uh, didn't know that they aren't integrating into their life today. How do we do that? I mean, that, that sounds and, incredibly basic and yeah, simple, yeah. but if that's not there... Right, you need to get that. And yeah. Do you get a lot of men or uh, women even that are in the, your office because they want to break a pornography addiction? Is oh, that, yes. That's all over that, the place. That is becoming, and the saddest part about that story is we're seeing younger and younger ages. Yeah. Children. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing 12 and 10 year old and 8 year old oh children that, you know, unfortunately, you know, that's one of the things that I, I think has never been fully addressed. And that is at the hands of children. Now, I, I understand that parents are responsible yeah. for their children. Yeah. But unfortunately, cell phone ability to have Internet. I, I mean, it I, is so easy. And Marcus, I didn't realize till I talked to an expert. Kids with their cell phones, I thought, well, their parents are putting blocks on them so they can't see the pornography. This expert said, absolutely no, not. No. Only a few know how to do it. Yeah. It's a bit of a trick. So you've got kids at eight years old accessing hardcore pornography. Yep. What do you do to break an addiction like that? What do you suggest? Well, I, again, I want to make sure we make that clear. You know, if we're talking about why sexual sin can have a, a follow-through to an adulthood, it can start at a very young age. Mm -hmm. and, 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 it, and God never intended for children to be sexually exposed, yeah. to, to see um, what they're seeing uh, regarding pornography. That can actually trigger in their mind uh, a difficulty and a confusion about their sexual identity yep. later on in life. Indeed. I'm not saying for every person, no. but I'm just saying that's one of the reasons. So, so, so I'm yeah. sorry, I need how, to answer so your question. So how do you break the addiction? What do you do? Well, I think, I think a person needs to recognize that it is a decision on their part. That, you know, they have, an, uh, if it's a decision, self-responsibility. Uh, they recognize that it's against their value system. So then they have to recognize it's a belief system that either they have become confused about mm -hmm. or may need to make a decision about. They need to have an accountability system. They need a person that put, what do they call it, covenant eyes on their computer? Yes. Yes. So that if you go to a website yes. like that, your prayer partner gets a message saying, right. here's the stuff he looked at That's this right. week. Very practical. Yeah. You talk about being inexpensive approach toward counseling. I absolutely agree with that. Okay. But I do believe that um, uh, a number of individuals need uh, some some individual counseling yeah. for an addiction that um, has been a part of their uh, belief system and their has become a part of their identity. Now, once we talk about identity, that becomes one of the strongest subjects. So, who do you identify with? What do you identify with? Mm -hmm. If you identify with God's word, if you identify with Christ, then I have a responsibility to change my life. Yeah. 
because if he is Lord, yeah. then I will be under submission unto you, his lordship. Do you see people that have long-term success? Do you Absolutely. Get, do you? Absolutely. You, you got a story or two you can tell us? You know, I, 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 I would I Without would the name, of course. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, absolutely. I, you know, I would say that uh, a number of people um, that I have, uh, I, I actually kind of stumbled on this. I had a um, gentleman that came in, same-sex attraction, mm -hmm. and uh, he, he worked for a, uh, what I would say is a, a very liberal uh, company. And I, you know, he said, you know, uh, Dr. Bachman, this is an area that I have conflict with. Would you be willing to, to uh, talk to me about that? And I said, you know, that's not my area of expertise. I don't know that I would say that it's necessarily my expertise today, but um, when I finished talking with him, you know, we talked about childhood, we talked about his father figure, absentee father, some of the things that even though um, uh, a number of people would say, you know, th there's no connection. The hard science on, on how someone becomes attracted to same sex or how someone has a sexual addiction, there still is a lot of theories out there. But in this case, uh, we nailed it down to uh, it was really his child rearing and a lack of a father figure and a very strong uh, influence with his mother that was controlling. It, it developed for him from some real confusion in his identity. Mm -hmm. I, Pastor Tom, had what I will call is real, such real success. He was so pleased with the change and the understanding, first to get it out, out from darkness into mm -hmm. light. Talk about and, it. And then to be able to find a church mm -hmm. that was sensitive, not condemning, but sensitive and supportive of who he was. Uh, it was change too, right? Yes. Yeah, not just. And, and his decision to change. Yeah, yeah. And, and then it was that he shared with one of his friends, one of his acquaintances at work, Another and another, and it and it and it and it became almost half of my caseload oh, wow. for people who were dealing with sexual addiction, really? sexual same-sex attraction, uh, and 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 one by one they started coming, and I found it to be a very, um, uh, I, I I felt very humbled yeah. to to be in this role because again, um, I know that all sin is the same, and and by the way, you know, isn't that interesting, Pastor Tom? It's not to you see. See, we will be called out for calling it sin. Yeah. Because again, that supposedly brings the condemnation. Mm -hmm. Well, if we don't have the ability to bring forth truth and call things for what yeah. they are, then how are we loving people and, and, and caring for people? And Marcus, so here's a six-year-old boy who's confused and thinks he's a girl. Yeah. So the parents put a dress yep. on him, call him Susie, and send him to school. That's child abuse. And you're this expert, but I recently uh, there's a there's a recent study. If you let these poor kids that have uh, sexual confusion alone, by the time they're ni 19, they've grown out of it. What 90% yep. of them have grown yep. out of it. Yep. So to put yep. this on a six-year-old, you're a girl. Yep. What an evil thing. Yep. Who's really being hateful that, in that, this? That, that's a really good point. And I've, I've I've read the studies on that, and it's anywhere from 75 to 90%. Of, of adolescent children and adolescents that if they're just left alone mm -hmm. to work this through in a sense of identifying with the sex that they are they work this out but now we have liberal politicians trying to mandate transgender bathrooms in grade schools and if you add to that all the counseling that happens within a school system 
that says, you know, you need to be able to speak forth, uh, identify, and be encouraged in the thoughts that you have yeah. in this way. Yeah. It really becomes a, a dangerous and confusing world for a young person to, to grow up in. And let me ask you this. Um, California, New Jersey, and maybe a few other states have outlawed trying to help what minors out of homosexuality what, what tell, yeah, tell us about that yeah well that's an interesting there is a um, certain um, uh, therapy that uh, they're trying to outlaw mm -hmm. and you know the truth of the matter and, and we were accused of using uh, reparative therapy. reparative therapy that's right and all I can say I mean I first first when we were accused of using reparative therapy I said well, I'm not really that acquainted with what reparative therapy is. Mm -hmm. I know that there is a reparative therapy that, that some uh, believers will say, full force, this is a good thing, this is the right thing. Mm -hmm. but, but reparative therapy has this really bad connotation. Mm -hmm. It has a, a connotation that those that are using it are manipulative, and forcing it, forcing it yeah, which, uh, you know, judgmental mm -hmm. um, in the sense praying of... Praying away the gay. Yeah, praying away. Yeah. Yeah. And all of that, all of yeah, that. Yeah. And, so, and so, you know, when the general public hears those kind of connotations, well, uh, anyone would run to the hills. Right. I mean, of I, course I'm, they're against that. And, you know, I'm sorry we're, we're getting to the end. Yes. But, you know, Marcus, uh, we're going to put your uh, uh, name and your website on the screen here. And it, this is being telecast nationally, but if you live in the Twin Cities area or even if you're all over the place, uh, counselingcare.us. That's right. Does that make sense? That's right. And if you need counseling, maybe you're uh, heterosexual, but you're looking at porn, or you're having sex with people outside of marriage, whatever, or you've got a sexual addiction of whatever sort, bring it into the light and talk to somebody about it. Maybe bring to an expert like Marcus, counselingcare.us. And, you know, I will tell you though, Marcus, because I've had and still do struggle with homosexual temptation. <laughs> And I've been part of a, a group of, of men, and I wanted to. Uh, here's a man I'm thinking of, was in the homosexual lifestyle for years. Yeah. He hasn't looked at pornography, hasn't had sex, hasn't masturbated for like 15, 20 years, not once. I mean, God can do this kind of God thing. God can do that. So, God, thank you, Marcus, so much. Absolutely. Yeah, Pleasure you bet. Here. And again, this is Marcus Bachman, uh, counselingcare.us. Uh, go there and there's the phone number there if you need to call and make an appointment. And if you don't do that, at least find some Christian you meet with once a week who's your prayer partner, your accountability partners. You hold him accountable, he holds you accountable on your weak spots. Pray together because the reason Jesus invented the church is so we wouldn't have to go through this kind of thing alone. And, and thank you, Marcus, and everybody. Go to our website, pastorstudy.org, two S's. Pray for our ministry. We're trying to do the work of Christ here. Uh, you'll see our address at the end if you want to uh, help us uh, stay on the air. Pastorstudy.org, two S's. You can watch our TV shows there. But everybody, see you next week, and thanks for watching The Pastor Study. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. Mm -hmm.